people, just lift your hands one more time and just tell them you love them. We love you, Jesus. We recognize you, Lord God, to be the supplier of all of our needs, Father. In you, Lord God, we live, we move, we have our being, Father. We recognize, Father, that you are our creator, that you are our maker, Father, that you are sovereign, Father. And every part of our lives, oh God, would be nothing without you. Jesus, we love you. Go ahead and tell him tonight. Jesus, we love you. No matter how strong the struggle is, Father, we love you. No matter how difficult the times, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Truly, we thank God for his presence tonight and for the opportunity to be in fellowship with one another again here tonight. We want to, before we begin tonight, our pastors ministering in Louisiana um, this afternoon, this evening. I think there may be an hour behind us at some point. Uh, he will be ministering tonight. Why don't we just lift our hands and begin to intercede for our pastor, his family. In the name of Jesus, he ministers the word of the Lord tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on. We thank you tonight, Father, for Lord God, our shepherd. We thank you tonight, Father, for the men of God, Father, that you have given us, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for the gift, Father, he is, oh God, to us, the gift he is to the kingdom. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, Lord God, for blessing us, Father, with someone that loves you, Lord God, for someone who cares for you, Father. Yes, Lord God, he has, oh God, a heartbeat for this city, a heartbeat, Father, for this church, a heartbeat for your people. We thank you now, Father. And we ask tonight, God, as he begins to minister your word, Father, that you will, Lord God, send, oh God, an anointing upon him. Come on, come on. If it was us, we would need it. We ask, Father, now, Lord God, that you would send bountiful blessings of wisdom, of knowledge and understanding, Father. Let your gifts be prevalent in his life tonight, Father. Yes, Lord God. As he ministers your word, Father, to, Lord God, those, oh God, Father, those children, those teenagers, Lord God, those young adults, Father, that they would receive of your word, Father. As you have directed and instructed, oh God, him, Lord God, on tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for the privilege he has, Father, to minister tonight. And we ask your blessings to be upon him. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Look at that person behind you and tell them it's good to see you tonight. I did say behind you because to the left and the right of you, somebody's not sitting there. So look at that person behind you and tell them it's good to see you tonight. Amen, amen. Amen. It's good to see you. Good to see you tonight. Good to see you, my brother. Thank you for that text, man. Good to see you. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we begin to, uh, <laughs> as we begin to uh, talk and share tonight uh, in a subject, I was, um, I, I tell you what, it's just, it's just intimidating, but when you're, when you're teaching, you're talking, it, you know, you don't, you don't feel that that compelled to be something or someone that you're you're not. Say amen if you're a preacher. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, I was looking at something uh, from a book that's entitled uh, Relationships that, was, that Works. It's by a person by the name of Norman Wright, Norman M. Wright. And there's one particular chapter in his book. It talks about four pillars of healthy relationships. Um, so we're gonna talk about that tonight. We're gonna talk about pillars of, of healthy relationships. In order for us to, to, to really value, um, I mean, that's probably the wrong choice of words, but for us to really appreciate uh, or for us to really subjugate ourselves or submit ourselves uh, to the moving of his spirit in our lives, we have to really understand the importance of relationships. I can't call myself a brother without having a sibling. You couldn't call yourself a sister for you all that are sisters without having having a sibling, brother or sister, you couldn't be that. And it is the same in, in the body of Christ. I could not call myself uh, a brother in Christ if I don't have any siblings in Christ, brother or sister in Christ, which, which kind of brings a, a confusing point for some, you know. They, 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 you know, they don't have a home church or, or home body. Uh, they, they go from church to church, and you can't really develop relationships like that, you know. Uh, it's very difficult and very challenging, too, because nobody really takes time to, to get to know you. Um, 
because you're here one day and you're gone the next, and, and we don't see you for a couple months, and then you come back calling us brother. I don't know. I just shake your hand and call you Mr. or Sister or, or you know, Mrs., you know, because I can't call you brother because I really don't know you, you know. You, you follow what I'm saying. It's, it's, I'm not trying to be complicated tonight, but it's important to understand something, that if we are going to represent or truly appreciate or value or, or subjugate ourselves or submit ourselves to the moving of the Spirit of God in our lives, we have to understand the importance of, of relationships because relationships are about what? Relationships are about giving and relationships are talking about receiving. And, and, and some of us, some of us could possibly have a hard time, a hard time receiving, receiving. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can't walk up to you and put a bag of cookies in your hand because you, you feel like you're unworthy. All I'm just trying to tell you I love you, and that's all I can do right now. I can't give you what I really want to give you, but I can give you this bag of cookies. Just take it and, and tell me thank you, and then appreciate the relationship. Okay? You follow? Let me, let me make it plain. There, is, there are some of us in here that deep in our heart, there is a great ambition to express ourselves to other brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that we cannot do it. You know, we, some, there's some of us that has a very giving spirit, you know, and, 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 and sometimes, you know, um, uh, we're limited in that or we, we don't feel the liberty to do that because we have this high expectation of what should be, we should be able to do. But yet and still, it's some of the simplest things, some of the simplest things that tells a person, I love you and thank you for being my brother. Thank you for being my sister. Something as simple as walking up to somebody and telling them, you know what, I'm praying for you. And I am, and mean it, and do pray for them, you know? Something as simple as said, you know what, man, your testimony really blessed me the other day. And, and I value that. It meant so much to me, you know? God, you know, just in a private conversation, God used you, you know, to, to strengthen me in my mind. It was something I was dealing with. And just in our conversation, I heard, I heard the voice of God. That's the value, the value of relationships. And, 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 and there's a contrast to that, and it's something I just wanted to share with you. I was kind of thinking over some things and sharing some things with Brother and Sister Kelly uh, before I came down tonight, just, just kind of talking over some things. And uh, so let me tackle this. There are some, some components of our, our relationship that are healthy as, as well as unhealthy. And you, you have to have eyes open to observe what is healthy, and you have to have eyes open to observe what is not healthy. And the, the Word of God and some common sense shows us the difference between what is healthy and, and, and what is not healthy. Now, if you are an individual, I want you to catch this, if you are an individual that is set on distancing yourself from the validity of what is healthy, catch this, if you're an individual that is set on distancing yourself from what is healthy, what is wholesome, what is true, then you will create in your mind a perception of the appearance of what is healthy, what is wholesome, and what is true. Did y'all catch that? Okay, now, let me repeat that. Now, if you are an individual, believer or non-believer, that is set on distancing yourself from the validity of what is healthy, what is wholesome, what is true, then you will create in your mind the appearance of what is healthy, what is wholesome, and what is true. So in other words, you will create a paradigm or a set way of thinking towards relationships or what is really healthy, okay? Now, how do I know that? Let me give you an example. Okay, and I have several. Several years ago, 1995, in fact, I was returning from Mannheim, Germany, um, uh, from a city here in Ohio. My two oldest daughters, Janelle and Sequoia, lived there. Um, at the time, I think Janelle was maybe seven, or eight, actually eight or nine, something like that, or younger. And uh, Sequoia was like maybe three, maybe four, something like that. And I picked them up there in Steubenville, Ohio, and we drove down to Disney uh, World in Orlando. A uh, powerful time and a wonderful time in God, you know. I would say that when you have good fellowship, good time, okay? Uh, now, as we came, we, we stayed at the uh, All-Star Music Resort, wonderful time, beautiful place. Man, just the hospitality is just tremendous down there. And the, um, the hotel where we checked in at, All-Star Music Resort, there was a lady there that was a receptionist. And so, you know, you had to know me in, in 85, you know. Uh, I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm raw now, but in 85, I was, a uh, 95, brother, I was flat out raw. I just had the Holy Ghost five years, and I ain't learned all the religious things. You know, you don't, you don't witness at Disney World. You know, I hadn't quite learned that yet, you know, so, so I, was, I, was, I was off the chain. I, it didn't matter. I was, I was literally, 
you know, shot out of a slingshot. I had that much zeal for God. You can't tell it now. You can't tell it now. But in 85, 95, I had zeal for God that would kill, that would kill. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all ain't been saved long. Y'all got a joy all over the place in you. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I was witnessing to uh, one of the, um, not a cashier, but one of the receptionists there, and um, just small talk conversation and just in the way of, of, you know, the way that we talk, you know, man, it's good to see you today. Oh, I love Disney World, you know, all those things. Um, I made a comment to her because she looked very conservative, very conservative. And I said to her, I said, do you go to a Pentecostal church? You know, uh, because she, she looked apart, you know. And uh, she said, no, but my grandmother does, you know. And I mean, that, that was like a compliment, you know? I mean, you know, you'd be all the way down to Disney World, you know, some, some people go to Disney World, they'd be wilding out. You'd be like, man, I thought y'all was in church last Sunday, down there wilding out, you know? Um, y'all know what I mean by that, you know? They just don't look the same as they do on Sunday, you know? Y'all feel me, right? And so um, I said that to her, just, in, just innocent conversation, innocent compliment, you know? Well, you know, the next day we had to go back down and she just happened to be the same person we ran into to get tickets or, or transportation or some sort of information. And she looked nothing like she did the day before. I promise to God she did not, you know. And uh, I, 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 it just, it just, it took me. It really took me, you know, because, you know, one day you're looking one way, the next day you're looking, you're looking the other, you know. So, so what happened was my question, what happened? And this is what I came to the conclusion of what happened. In an effort to distance herself from the appearance of what is healthy, what is wholesome, what is true, she adorned herself to such a degree that no one would even make that mistake ever again. This is what happened. In an effort to distance herself from the appearance of what is healthy, what is wholesome, what is true, she adorned herself to such a degree that no one would ever make that mistake again. And that was sad, but I want you to catch this. It was too obvious to miss, and I think oftentimes as believers, in an effort to be accepted and included, we inadvertently distance ourselves from what is healthy, what is wholesome, and what is true. Okay, y'all want Bible? I got Bible for you. Okay, watch this right here. Genesis chapter 42, verse 7 through 9. And this is not even where we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about relationships. But this thing impacted me so much. I said, I got to share. Don't, don't, God, you can't give me nothing. I don't have that, that inexperience, you know, enough not to share. So give me some more experience and maybe I learned to just kind of wait. But man, this is too good, okay? Now I want to drop this on you. And if you're taking notes, I want you to catch this because this is what happened oftentimes in relationships. Mildred and I, my wife and I, were talking about this even coming down here tonight, okay? And, and you're going to see how relative this is. Watch this. We're still talking about relationships. Genesis chapter 42, you know the story of Joseph, right? Joseph, you know, the dreamer, the, the ambitious one, the, the, the inexperienced one, the one that uh, uh, some would say was, was naive, but he was zealous for the things of God. He didn't understand a lot of his spiritual experiences and his dreams, but, man, he knew that there was something extraordinary about all of these encounters, well, you know, Joseph kind of got hated and he didn't get looked on favorably by his brothers and you know the whole story, right? So in Joseph, Joseph, but in Genesis chapter 42, verse 7 to 9, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse 7, it says, Joseph saw his brothers, I'm reading from the New King James Version, and, he, and the Bible says, and he recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, watch this, but his brothers did not what? His brothers did not recognize him. Now, how is that? We were having this conversation, and maybe this is just a little bit too simple for you, you know, uh, and, and maybe it's because you know yourselves, you know. I could probably, not knowing, you know, Brother Marcus here, but I could probably go back 20 years and pick out Brother Marcus. And I didn't know him 20 years ago, right? You follow? Okay. I could go back in my, my, my high school reunion, you know, yearbook thingy, and uh, look at myself from 1982. I can look at myself from 1979, 19, 1975, uh, and I could, I, could, I could recognize me. I could recognize me. And, and watch this. I could take you back to 1979. I'll show you a picture from back then, and you could recognize me. Right? You follow? Okay? Now watch this. How is it that Joseph recognizes his brothers but his brothers did not recognize, his brothers did not recognize him, okay? Now watch this, okay? I ain't trying to be hard, I ain't trying to be deep, 
But I, I'm telling you right now, this thing was so obvious to me when you recognize relationships. Because a lot of times, you know, we're, we're wrestling like what is going on in a person's life. Why is it that this person or individual is having such a hard time representing or living for God? What, what's going on? Okay. Now, Joseph recognized his brothers, but his brothers did not recognize them. Now, what took place? Joseph's relationship with God, with God who? Was, was strong enough okay, to withstand the pit. It was strong enough. He could have rose a vow. I'm sure there was rocks. If there was a pit, somebody dug a hole, you know. So there had to be rocks around. And when they put him in that pit, you know, he could have reached back and grabbed a rock and defended himself. I ain't going out like this. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Right? I ain't going out like this, you know. Help me, somebody, you know. I'm just not, not going to let it happen to me like that. You're trying to put me somewhere. I'm, I'm not going out like that, okay. And, 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 and just for a minute here, somebody need to internalize that to, to a spiritual revelation and a spiritual understanding. Because with as much as we are challenged with today in this world, we ought to tell the devil our situation that I'm not going out like that. I know you're trying to make me seem evil, make me seem defeated, but I'm not going out like that. I'm not going to allow hatred to enter my heart. I'm not going to allow bitterness to deter me from loving you. I'm not going to allow the expectation and traps and foolishness of this world to deter me from living for God. I'm not going out like that. Who glory that's a word right now for somebody. Our young people, hey man, need to be encouraged and they need to tell the devil, I'm not going out like that. No matter how much this world offers me, I'm not going out like that. I'm not going to be trapped with money. I'm not going to be trapped with honey. I'm not going to be trapped with anything. I'm not going out like that. So pick that rock up <laughs> and defend yourself. Don't go down in that pit, Joseph. You stand up. Well, Joseph, Relationship with God was strong enough to where he didn't, he didn't want to harm his brothers. He, he let himself be thrown in that pit, you know? You know, 11 against 1 or whatever the odds were, you know, probably, you know, he, he probably didn't stand much of a chance, you know? But, you know, one of them coming in that pit with me. Hello, somebody. Well, he, he, he went down to the pit. So his relationship with God was strong enough that he wasn't trying to harm his brothers, okay? So he, he leaves out of this pit. He's sold, you know, into slavery. Uh, ends up in Potiphar's house. Now, watch this. Watch this. His relationship with God was strong enough that it kept him out of Potiphar's wife's bed. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. Okay, because you don't just, as a, as a young kid, as a, as a teenager, whatever age it was, he was young, 16, 17 years old, you, you, you don't withstand that kind of pressure except you have something on the inside of you that's working on the outside of you, regulating your mind not to make a decision that's going to take you out that way. Man, I could shout right now. But his mind was so made up, his relationship with God was so strong that it withstand those type of pressures, those type of temptations. He wasn't sitting there contemplating. He wasn't going over this with his mind. Come on, I'm sure that cloak meant something to him, but he dropped that thing and ran away. Why? Because he wasn't going out like that. My goodness. I ain't even trying to be that hard tonight, but somebody need to understand this, that, that you can't even let your flesh take you out that way. No matter how good it feels, no matter how good in your mind you've constructed this fantasy, you cannot allow yourself to go out like that. Glory. I don't care how many novels you read, you cannot allow yourself to go out like that. Not in this hour, because let me tell you something, God's got plans for you. You don't see it, your spirit hasn't perceived it, your eyes hadn't saw it, your ears hadn't heard it, but God has plans for you. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand that greater things are ahead of you. Don't go out like that. Greater anointing, a fresh anointing is upon your life. Don't go out like that. You've got to understand that God's power is going to be revealed in your life. Don't go out like that. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because this is what the Lord is doing in our life. This is his plan towards us. To glorify his name in this hour. Come on now, we can't go out like that. You, you know one of the other things we've got to understand, and I'm going to deviate for just a second. We've got to understand that God's intention towards us are good. That God's intention towards us is to glorify his name. That God's intentions before us, are for us, is to help elevate the kingdom of God, expand the kingdom of God. You, you know why I know that? I'm going to make it real plain for you. Because somebody didn't allow themselves to be taken out when God had a plan to use them to bring us a word of deliverance. Every last one of us was in blindness some sort of way, but that person that God used to bless us, to bring us out of darkness, they did not allow themselves to be taken out like that. And we are in the same position, we are in the same posture to be used of God, so you cannot allow yourself to be taken out like that.
Ooh, help me somebody here tonight. So, so this is what Joseph did. His relationship was strong enough to keep him out of the pit, or keep him while he was in the pit from harming his brothers. It was strong enough to keep him out of Potiphar's bed, but it was not strong enough to keep him from looking like Egypt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, watch me now, watch me now. Because, because the reality of it is in scripture. The reality of it is in scripture. He was strong enough not to harm his brothers. He was strong enough to stay out of that adulterous bed, but he was not strong enough to keep that cultural and social influence from impacting the way that he presented himself. How is it that your lifelong brother did not recognize you? How is it that your lifelong sister can't recognize you? And we were talking about this. Mildred and I were talking about this coming down the road, okay? Think about it like this here. How many of us know people today, and this ain't even my topic, but we're talking about relationships, but people that have distanced themselves from God, they recognize us, but we can't recognize them. Let me repeat this statement once again because I think this is something that repeats itself over and over and over again. Because in an effort to distance ourselves from what is whole, wholesome, what is true, we inadvertently, inadvertently distance ourselves even more from what is healthy, what is wholesome, what is true. In this particular topic, Tonight, the four pillars of relationships we're just going to begin to discuss here uh, for just a short, short while. Um, the gentleman who actually wrote this uh, makes a statement. He says, the basis of relationships are like pillars or a foundation of stones in our houses. He says, all must be strong if we try to make, make up for one weak pillar by strengthening the other. The whole structure will be, be out of balance. Okay? That's something comparable to us giving our child, giving our child everything, you know, and then expect them to, to behave, expect them to do, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's something comparable to that, where we're trying to overcompensate in an area, you know, uh, in a relationship. And, and just tonight, the four pillars, we're going to, we're not going to get to all of them, but the ones we're going to talk about tonight is trust uh, and love, but the, uh, or understanding and love, but the one you understand quite simply, because all of us that have ever been involved in a relationship, uh, many of us have, have done that, you know, uh, where, you know, uh, you got in some trouble. You, you know, you didn't understand quite what your wife said and you responded the wrong way by saying something wrong. Come on. How many of us brothers ever put our foot in our mouths? You know, hey, amen. Amen. I got one brother. To be honest with me. Thank you, brother. I got two. I got three. Uh, now, the, the, all the 90 of y'all, the rest of y'all, you know, you know, y'all still walk around with that size 13 in your mouth right now, you know, just because we, we do that thing. We, we, we misunderstand our wives sometimes, and so we, we respond to what we think she was saying, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, here we are. We got to overcompensate because we didn't understand something. So this is what happened in relationships. People overcompensate, and so what happens in that relationship, it becomes, it gets off balance. It's, it's untilted. It's not, it's not symmetrically even anymore uh, because one part has been overcompensated for. He goes on to say, he said, if someone were to ask you a question, what are the four factors necessary for a lasting relationship? This would be a good place for a good small group moment to ask questions. What would you say? The foundation stones, is what he's saying, are pillars are essential for a strong relationship. He says, think about it like this. He said, what if you had uh, limited, limit them to just four factors? They are actually uh, many more, but what is needed in a relationship, especially a lifelong marriage, are the following for this, for this presentation. He said love, trust, respect, and understanding, okay? Now I want you to quickly look behind you to the person, you know, left or right, and I want you to share something that I did not mention aside from love, trust, respect, and understanding. Share something that, you know, is, is important for a healthy relationship. Go ahead, just take three seconds and just, just throw it out there. What is healthy, you know, important for a healthy relationship? Just really quick, just really quick, okay? Just really quick. Now, I heard somebody. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. I, I heard you. I promise you I heard you. You said that your bank account is bigger than mine. That's important for a healthy relationship. I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it. 
but I, I, I thought I heard it. I thought I heard it. Well, it's, it's not something that he listed here. He lists his love, trust, respect, and understanding. But he goes on to say, and it's, it's, he says, but the greatest of these are love. And I, 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 I appreciate the way that Paul represents this, uh, places this in, in 1 Corinthians 13, in love chapter, uh, that we, we appreciate very, very much. I and mean, we quote from it a lot too, you know. Um, but I think the scripture is speaking to us to really begin to incorporate this truth in our relationships, in our relationships. You, you, you know why that, that, that people say, man, they are a loving church? You know why? Because we are, we are a loving church, you know? That's, that's part of the characteristics of, of a believer, you know? You, you know why people are coming and, and, and just being blessed why, why they are right now, you know? What is happening right now, you know why? Because God has ordained our church to exhibit the characteristics of his body, and one of those things are love. It is love. This, this, is, this is why, help me somebody, this is why it's so important that we really love people the way the scripture defines love. Not the way our social and cultural influence defines love, but the way the scripture defines love. Watch this. Because if we can really, uh, I would say, behave ourselves in this manner, express ourselves in this manner of love, you know, man, let me tell you something. Whoo, glory to God, you know. It won't be long, you know, after the first building is built, we're going to need a second building built and probably another location. Sell this property for, you know, $18.5 million and go get the other. Now, now, this is not boasting. I'm just telling you because people need to understand that we love you and, and we accept you and, and we will love you the way the Bible expects us to love you. But we're going to love you in a way that's going to help you to grow, to become all that God wants you to become so that you can reach out and love people the way that we have loved you. Say amen, somebody. Amen. See, sometimes I think that, that we, and it happens, it happens, you see it a whole lot. You know, I was watching something on um, on the internet the other day about discipleship. Uh, Brother Kuhn, I don't know if you all seen that, but oh my goodness, it was tremendous, you know? Uh, and it was out of, um, out of uh, um, Hazelwood um, location, uh, headquarters, and he was ministering something and he was saying a whole lot, but a lot of what he was, he was saying, at least this is what I was receiving, you know, really had a lot to do with, you know, that small church mentality. And this is small church mentality. This, the small church mentality is, is that, that people can't come in off the streets or come in from various cultural influence throughout, throughout our city, okay, uh, and we not love them. The small church mentality is that we got to tell them, no, you can't come in here like this. That's small church mentality. That's not represented in the Bible. Y'all follow me? Okay. Love is what's represented. I'm not saying that we don't expect change because the Bible expects change, okay, because the Bible expects change of us. You, you know one of the most powerful words in the Bible? One of the most powerful words in the Bible is repentance. Watch this right here. You, you follow me? Watch this. The most powerful word in the Bible is repentance because you know what repentance is all about? It's about change, but repentance is all about relationships. Repentance is all about relationships. When God came to Adam and Eve, when they, they, they did what they did, you know, disobeyed God, they were hiding themselves don't you know that God expected them to understand that there is some dividends you should be able to reap from this relationship? I don't know how long they were in the garden, but, but don't you think that they should understand or have understood something about God? Who glory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, this is a mirror in a moment message right now, you know, because sometimes we, 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 we trip up. We, we fall short, you know, and, and we fail to realize that, man, this is a love package, you know. Come on, this is a grace package. This is a mercy package, but this is a love package. I understand something about God that if, if I fall short, man, God, I, I, I got to know something about you to keep me from running away, to keep me from acting like you don't care. And it's only the enemy that wants us to act as if God does. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm seeing, I'm seeing all my tripping. <laughs> I'm seeing all my tripping. But I'm, fa I'm, I'm failing to realize that, that, that God loves me in spite of this. And there's something I ought to reap. There's some dividends of this relationship I ought to reap. Who glory. Help me, somebody. There are some dividends of the relationship that we have with God that we ought to be able to reap. And one of the things is an understanding. God, I understand that you don't want to punish me, but you want me to correct my ways. It's called repentance. God, I understand that you don't want to separate me, but you want me to walk as you have walked. It's called repentance. It's called change. It's called reaping dividends from the understanding of this, this relationship that I, have, that I have with Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. 
Amen. We, we would not have made some of the mistakes we've made and distanced ourselves the way that we have distanced ourselves if we understand the power of relationships and the power of love. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, though I speak, New King James Version once again, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, he says, I've become sounding, become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I'm going to read the whole chapter. You can join with me in the word of God, too. And he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand, notice this, this is what he's saying, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains. This is Paul. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, I can go right now to, to, to the, the Himalayas, <laughs> and move them out of the way. That's, that's what he's saying, okay? And he says, but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. Look, you, you, you can preach like, like whomever you can preach like. Teach like whomever you can teach like. Organize like whomever the greatest organizer is in this world. But, but if we don't have love in our heart, I, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. I ain't saying this, but the Bible says you are nothing. Come on now, you walk by somebody, you can't say hello to somebody. When they say hello to you, you ain't nothing. Come on, somebody. You can't stop and give a brother a ride walking down the street, give a sister a ride walking down the street. You ain't nothing. Come on, now. You can't take a cup of sugar, a gallon of milk over to somebody in need. You ain't nothing. I, I wish I could say it like the sister said back on the east side of uh, Cleveland, you know, like I've been there before. I ain't never been there, but the east side of Stoops, the east side of Steubenville, Ohio, where I'm from, you ain't nothing because we're not exhibiting that characteristic that represents Christ. So love is not a factor because we're so intangible, so tangible. We can't love somebody because they look different. We can't love somebody because something is at odd in our life. So Paul says that I'm doing all these great things, but if I don't have love, this is what he's saying. It ain't nothing. You, you know one of the greatest things that's going to impact us and, and, and why the Lord is blessing us? If, if we were to take a testimony right now of some of the guests and people that have been coming and returning guests that have been coming, one of the things that they say, I feel love in this church. You know why? Because believers are living out the word of God in their lives. Oh, yes, give yourself a hand praise right now because you're living out the word of God in your lives. That's what we're, we're living out the love of God. We're living out the word of God in our lives, and it's having an impact. It is having an impact. I, I, I can tell you right now, you know, I flat love pastor. I flat love the preaching of the word of God, pastor. I love the gift that he is, you know. But in 2009, I think it was, when Alyssa was born, I think she was like two or three months, and we were at the old building. We started coming down, this, coming down here. You know what kind of was one of the things that, that helped us to stay? Man, y'all ain't know me from Adam. Y'all really didn't, you know. I'm this high-top flaring, fade-wearing guy, you know. I ain't had no high-top back then. It was only a few years ago, you know. But, you know, the waves were just killing, you know, and, 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 and you know, we got a newborn with Alana, you know, and y'all loved on us. Y'all loved on us. This is, this is why people appreciate First Apostolic Church, because people feel, come on, y'all know what I'm telling the truth. Come on, just wave at me, say something, because we feel the love of God when we come in this house. I'm telling you, we feel people appreciating us. I, I, you know what, I, I was a whole lot thinner there, and when I gained weight, y'all didn't criticize me for gaining weight, y'all still love me. So this is what Paul said. He said, I could remove mountains, but have not loved. I am nothing. He said, that, but though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not loved, it profits me nothing. This is what he said of love. Are we talking about relationships? Yes, we are. This is what he said of love in relationships. Love suffers long, and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. He says, love, it, it thinks no evil. He said, love does not rejoice. It does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what love does. Love never fails. He said, but where there be prophecies, they will fail. Whether there be tongues, they will cease. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. He says, but when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, watch this. When I was a child, I spake as a child. What did he say? When I was a child, I spake as a child. Everybody say, I spake as a child. All right, right? Watch this. I spake as a child. Then he said what? I understood as a child. And what else did he say? I thought as a child. You know one of the factors that impact us when it comes to relationship? Our immature thinking. Our immature thinking. And, and you know what happens? It's impossible for us to think a certain way and act another. It is impossible. Okay? But if we're thinking right, loving right, we will 
Everybody say behave right. He says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known and abide faith, hope, love in these three. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these are love. The greatest of these are love. So when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about some, some components of relationships that, that are healthy. We're talking about compassion. Compassion is a healthy component of a relationship. Kindness. Kindness is a healthy component of a relationship, of a healthy relationship. Humility, gentleness, gentleness and patience are components of, of a healthy relationship. And, and the challenge is this right here. When we know what is expected of us, okay, now I'm, I'm going to get real for just a second. Okay, when we know what's expected of us, it helps us really to channel our prayers when what is expected of us is not represented in our lives. I hope somebody wrote that down. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up again. For when we know what's expected of us, okay, it helps to channel our prayers. Because when we know what is expected of, expected of us but it's not in us, okay, it helps to, to channel our prayers. Why? Now, how do I know this? Let me make it plain for you. Okay, now I know good and well, okay, that all of us brothers of married men, I'm sorry if you're single, I, I, I'll hit you in just a second, okay, but I know those of us that are married here tonight, okay, I know good and well that you love your wife from the first time that you saw her. That, that, I know it, Bishop, I know it. That, that first date that you went on, oh my goodness, you know, you sitting across from your, your wife at that restaurant, Mildred and I dated in San Antonio, and she lived in Austin. I lived in San Antonio. So she worked at Time Warner. Yeah, I'm telling it, baby. I'm telling it, you know. So, so I used to go to, there's a, there's a grocery store down there, like Walmart, but it's called H-E-B. And so our first date, I met her at her job. You know, they had a little picnic table out there. So I got a little beach towel and put on the picnic table. And, you know, I, I, I went by H-E-B, picked me up some fried chicken, some mashed potatoes. I, I wish I was lying. I wish I was lying. Some string beans, you know, we, we laid it out there on the picnic table. I sat down. She came out for lunch, you know, and I had just worked a 24-hour duty. I was still in the military. I just had CQ or something at the brigade level. And, um, man, I, I said, I, got, I ain't going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep. I'm going, I'm going to have, have a picnic with, with this woman I'm about to marry, you know, and I, uh, I don't think I even proposed yet. But I laid that thing out there. Let me tell you something. We sat down and had the best conversation. That fried chicken was the best chicken I ever ate. I, I, <laughs> Right? I promise you it was. Because, and let me tell you something. The more we had, had lunch and we went bowling, kind of hung out, man, my heart just, you know. And then when I found out, I may have told this before, but then when I found out that she had a friend, another sister of hers, friend of hers there that went to the same church, um, that she wasn't, you know, all that confident with teaching Bible study. But my wife went to the hospital at 11 o'clock, you know, to teach another coworker of hers a Bible study, a 12-week Bible study. And she went at 11 o'clock at night. I said, oh, yeah, she ain't getting away. She is not getting away. Because I love people that are willing to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. So God had given a heart for me, given me a heart for her. And when I proposed to her and she said yes, I said, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. I was in love, you know, and it wasn't on no two-way street. It was on a one-way street. I was in love on a one. Y'all don't know that song, but it was... But I was in love. My eyes were wide open. My nose was wide open. I was in love, you know. But, you know, that, that first year, you know, man, I was still in love. That second year, I was, glory to God, I was still in love. Man, that third year, whoo, have mercy somebody. I was still in love. That fourth year, praise God, oh, yeah, I love her to death. You know, that fifth year rolled around, I'm like, oh. And she was probably the same way with me. Promise you, I wasn't no, 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 no kid. You know, I wasn't no, you know, I mean, I wasn't that little infant, you know, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? How you just love babies? Oh, man, goo, 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 you know? It wasn't like that. You know, I was a knucklehead, too. You know, I was an NCO in the Army, you know? And I knew how to talk to soldiers. I knew how to get the job done. All of you were ever in the Army. You know how to get the job done? Yeah, come on, if you were in the Navy, you know how to get the job done. If you were in the Air Force, man, we beg the different. But you who were in the Marines, you know how to get the job done. Uh-oh. <laughs> But we knew how to get the job done. So, you know, I had, I had this, this NCO mentality, so there were some things that had to be corrected. So she probably felt the same way around that fifth year, and I'm coming home talking like I'm talking to one of my soldiers, you know. Uh, you know, baby, come on, why aren't you at parade rest? You see I'm talking to you? You know, it, was, it wasn't like that, you know. So she had challenges, and, and, and I had challenges, you know. 
but, but, but this is what happened. When you start having those challenges in a relationship, when you know what the word of God expects of you, you know, you have got to know how to pray the prayers that are not convenient, but the prayers that are necessary. Ooh, holler somebody right now. We, we, we like that comfortable living. Ooh. We, we, yes, we like that convenient living in Christianity. But, but, but every now and then, some, something inside of me does not represent Jesus Christ when it comes to relationships. Oh, come on, husbands. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Come on now. You know, especially some of you all that, that aren't married to a cook, you know. I, I, yeah, look, look, y'all know your wife burn water every day. How that happens, I don't know. But come on now, come on now. Microwave meal only, only calls for a minute, 30 seconds. Somehow or another, it's in there for an hour and 30 minutes, you know. It says, come on now, y'all, 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 I'm making it real, but y'all know what I'm talking about, you know. Because there are some challenges that we face in relationships, you know. You, you can't cut the grass with a, with a push lawnmower. Forget about the gas. It's just rotating blades, brothers, and you can't get the job done. And your wife looking at you, man, what is this brother doing? Come on. It's a challenge in a relationship. So here it is now. This is how that works. So, so now I can't just, just, just go to my knees. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, you've been so good to me. You're Alpha, the Omega, first and the last. God, you are my provider. You're my healer. You're my salvation. I thank you for your love. I, I, I can go that way to just kind of set up the real thing and worship and praise him. But somehow or another, I've got to get real. Jesus, you know, this, this woman that you gave me, Follow me, follow me. It's all about relationships. This man that God, I said yes to, God, what was I, you know, you've got to be able to pray those prayers, amen, that are not convenient, but they're absolutely necessary. Because it's all about what? It's all about relationships. P part of the reason, oh, can I get, get real now? I want to be ultimately transparent right now. Part of the reason is that we have some of the challenges that we have in relationships and divorce in the world because nobody know how to bind up the enemy in prayer. Come on, somebody. You know, nobody knows how to crucify and mortify this flesh. So, so here it is now. Your mind is sticking one way because the water got burnt again. You know, your mind is sticking another way because the eggs ain't even cooked all the way. You know, and, and you fail to realize, Lord, I made a covenant with you. I made a commitment to you, God, and to this woman. So I don't care how long I've got to drink muddy water, or eat runny eggs. I'm going to stay committed. Come on now. I know it's funny, but, but I'm being real. You've got to understand the challenges of relationships. Ooh, glory. See, we've got to make it plain. See, somehow or another, we got the world believing that, that everything is hunky-dory in the church. Come on, hunky-dory in the life of a believer. It's not hunky-dory in the life of a believer, but we know how to pray those prayers that are not convenient, but those prayers that are necessary. Come on, brother. Now, let me talk to you single men right now, you know? See, and this is what happened. Oh, I mean, let me, let me spy over this congregation real quick, make sure that there ain't no young people in here that can't handle what I'm about to say. Because I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's, I just want us to understand relationships. And it's the same way for, for, for sisters, for a single sister. You're faced with challenges. Challenges where, where, where some part of your life is demanding, I, I, I ought to be married by now. Come on, God, you know, I ought to have a, I ought to have a wife by now. I ought to have a, a husband by now. So, so you're facing these challenges as, as a single person, but then all of a sudden you, you allow some aspects of your walk with God to begin to slip. To, to begin to degrade. And so what happens, you begin to compromise some things of your integrity and, 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 and you find yourself inadvertently not living a healthy, not living a wholesome, not living a trustworthy life because we allow some things to slip in. So we allowed our eyes to be, to be entertained by certain things. We allowed our ears and our mind to, to perceive or have a, a false expectation of some things instead of learning how the, everybody say, wait on God. Listen, let me tell you something. Waiting on God means that I've got to pray those type of prayers that are necessary. I've got to pray those type of prayers that are absolutely necessary. Those type of prayers, I'm confronting the things that's in my life. Whew. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not all about conveniences. Come on, it's all about battle. It's all about being, being victorious. It's all about overcoming. Don't you know the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors? Well, what are we conquering then if I'm more than a conqueror? What am I overcoming if I can overcome all things? Come on now, where is the greater in me is greater in he, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What is the greater doing that's in me? Ooh, holla somebody. Come on, what is happening now? This is what's happening now. Because as believers, I've got to conquer that, which is trying to take me back to represent something that's not healthy, not wholesome, that's not trustworthy. 
Come on now, as a married man, I've got to go back and conquer that thing that's in me trying to pull me away from the things that I value, from the commitment that I made. From, come on now, when I asked her daddy to marry me, her daddy said, listen, you can marry her, but you better not ever touch her. I made a commitment to her daddy that I will take care of the rest of my life. Don't you know there have been times where I said, Lord, I'm going to take you back to your daddy. Y'all know I'm joking. Y'all know I'm joking. But let me tell you something. This is what happened. I had to pray those prayers that were absolutely necessary. Because here it is now. Because we are social creatures. We are social creatures, so we are interacting on a social level. We are cultural beings, so we interact on a cultural level. So, so there are some things that will impact my mind that will begin to affect my heart and cause me to drift a certain way. So when I think about my commitment to my wife, I think about my commitment and my covenant with God, don't you know I got to go to my knees? Pastor be back. He corrected all when he gets back. <laughs> but Paul said this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He said, put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. He said this, forbearing one another. Everybody say forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, he said, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Pause. That's like an eternal break right there. Because this is what happens. This is what happens. When we drift back and we allow those inadvertent things to become a paradigm in our mind, we feel that we are justified in holding somebody to a grudge. We, we feel that I am, I am well within my rights to hold somebody to a level of unforgiveness that Christ did not hold me to. That's what we feel, and that's how we behave ourselves, and that's how we act. Okay, but that's not what Paul's saying. That's not what he's saying at all. Okay, and he says, above all these, above all these things, put on charity, Colossians 3, put on charity, which is in a bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in our hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ, everybody say, dwell within you richly. I, I know you may not have all the finance, monetary that you desire to have, those things, but let his word be rich in you. Let his word be rich in you. Okay? He says, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in songs and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks unto God the Father by him. He says this. Now watch. It's all about relationships. This whole is really about a relationship. Wives do what? Submit yourselves. I, I know this brother's kind of snickering, but y'all afraid to say amen? Y'all afraid to say amen? Oh, y'all are telling on yourselves right now. That is Bible language. Wives, submit. God Almighty Lord, we need to pray the prayer that is absolutely necessary right now. It's what the Bible says, okay? I know this world and all them little Hollywood shows and books that people read and everything has distorted this, but this is what he says, right? Wives do what? To who? Say it again. I heard somebody to your own husband. Okay? Not, not to what, 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 whatever. Not to the neighbor, what, 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 whatever. You know? Not to the expectation of, man, he, why is she always getting all this? Not to your own husband. So if your own husband is bringing home this, man, you submit yourself to your own husband. Okay? As it is fit in the Lord. Then he says, husbands, ah, ain't what he says, submit. He said to love your wives and be not what? Quote that word. Be not bitter against them. Okay? Now, I know sometimes, you know, our wives shut us down. They shut us down for real sometimes. You know, we don't want to talk. You know, we done talked about something again and again and again. You know, we've got to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. Come on, somebody. You know, we've got to do that. Okay? Then he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is thing, for it is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. It's all about what? Everybody say relationships. It's all about relationships, okay? Lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things and masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in the singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to your wife. Do it heartily as to your husband. Do it heartily as to your neighbor. Uh -uh. Do it heartily as to as to the Lord, okay, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive what? 
That's, that's the end right there. It's all about, it's all about relationships. If, if we can conquer, if, if we as believers can conquer the shortcomings that we may be expressing with one another in our relationships, if we as believers could, could conquer the thing that's affecting us in our relationships in our community, uh, with, with our neighbors, if we can conquer those, those idiosyncrasies, those little things there that are really having a big impact, if, if we can conquer those things, you won't have to worry about your neighbor having midnight parties anymore because now they're believers. Come on, somebody. Let, let, me, let, me share, let me share the impact of this with you, okay? And I may have mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again with, with some degree of clarity and understanding. I, I really do. Several years ago, and I, I got to tell you this, I got to tell you this, and I got to be ultimately transparent, and um, musicians, if you would come, and, and, and we're going to close this thing out, okay? But I want, you, I want you to catch this. Several years ago, I was traveling back and forth to Tennessee quite often. 2011, when I, I, I left the job that I had, uh, I was asked to help out with outreach and, and Bible studies. And, and let me tell you something, I jumped at the opportunity. Not only did I jump at the opportunity, pastor endorsed it. He knew where I was. Listen, we're experiencing, you know, when I was traveling back and forth to Tennessee, uh, first, first I said, I got the greatest job in the world. But brother, brother Dixon told me one day, he said, man, what, what, what? Ashley Dixon said, why don't you just move there? I said, nope. I said, I ain't going to do it. I said, I got the best job in the world. I said, I'm, I'm ministering and, and, and helping my dad out, my spiritual father out. And I said, my pastor is the greatest preacher in Pentecost. I said, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere, you know. So we're down there literally, you know, Saturdays and, and weekends. We're having an impact. We're making a difference. We're making a difference. Souls are being saved. Folks are praying through the Holy Ghost in their home like they are here, you know. Folks are being baptized. We're casting spirits out literally, you know, not figuratively. Literally, we're, we're encountering demonic strongholds, breaking down those strongholds, you know. And I'm having the time of my life. I mean, like, oh, my goodness, this was such a great time. Then a sister, prophetically used, walked up to me. And said, God said for you to do what he's called you to do. And I'm saying to myself, you know, we're teaching Bible studies. I'm teaching people how to teach Bible studies. They're going with me teaching Bible studies. We're praying people through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm coming back and forth here. We're having the same experiences here. Sometime it passed again. Another sister walked up to me and said, God said for you to use a gift that he gave you and not to be afraid to use it. And I said, oh, I'm getting confused now. I'm getting confused now. I'm getting confused now. And, and, and I don't know if y'all ever heard Sister Nia Kelly minister. Her and Daniel probably listen to this message right now, so I'm putting it out there, you know. So, so she came and, 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 and her group of ladies there and did what one of her girlfriend moments at the house, at our house there in Dayton, in, in Kettering. Our neighbor received the Holy Ghost in our home. The night that she did that girlfriend moment, right in our home. So, so I'm like, oh, my goodness. So the summer before that, we're ministering across town in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Christ Temple, and, and, and she came up to help us out. She was ministering a song. We got back to the house. We are just having one of those God moments. You know, you have those God moments. God began to use her prophetically. And she said, God said for you to do what he's called you to do. So, so right now I'm afraid. Because like three times the Lord has told me the very same thing. To do what he's called you to do. So here it is now. It's, ha it's happening again. It's about to happen again. And I'm struggling. I'm trying to understand, God, where is this relationship? What, what, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? What am I missing here? And, 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 and this is what the Lord said to me. I'm standing at Walmart, and I'm praying a prayer that is absolutely necessary, not the one that's convenient. Because I'm wanting to know, God, what am I missing? What am I missing? Because some aspect of my relationship with God, I'm not understanding. And prophetically, three times, the Lord corrected me. He corrected me. I thought I was doing his will, but he corrected me. But there's something about this relationship with him I'm not, I'm not understanding. I'm not perceiving. I'm missing. And there at Walmart, standing in front of the deli, the Lord said this to me. He said, teach my people how to reach my people. Teach my people how to reach my people. Nothing has ever been more clear in my life than understanding that. Because our relationships with God, let me tell you something. God has an expectation for every last one of us every last one of us. And it's all centered around, everybody say, my relationship with him. His gifts, his calling, how God wants to use me, his gifts, your gifts, your calling, how God wants to use us. Let me tell you something. If we understand this relationship that we have with him, if we understand the impact and the influence of this relationship we have with him, this is what the Bible says. You can ask what you will. I'm not asking for the home. I'm not asking for a better paying job. 
I'm not asking for a fancy car, but I'm asking God, let your will be done in our lives here on earth as it is in heaven. Because why? My relationship with God is important to me. And it's all about, everybody say relationships. It's all about relationships. Go ahead and stand with me right now, please, if you will. If you will. Every last one of us are subjected to influences. Every last one of us are. There's the influence of the word, there's the influence of the preaching, and I, I don't know about you, but I can certainly say I've been impacted by the preaching and the man of God the Lord has blessed us with. I've been impacted. I'm telling you right now, I have been impacted. But we've got to be impacted also by the relationship that we have with God. Here it is. You may not have ever known it was coming, but I'm letting you know this was a setup, and it's coming right now. And it's coming right now. And this is the setup. And this is what I want to say to you right now. If your relationship with God is so much so that you're praying and walls are shaking, if your relationship with God is so much so that when you begin to recite and edify and bless people, then don't you know your relationship with God ought to be such to the point there is somebody that's standing near you in your community, on your job, in your neighborhood, at that grocery store, at that shopping plaza, come on somebody, at that bank. Don't you know that your relationship with God ought to be so much so to the point that you see all these other wonderful things that are happening that God is using you to do? Ask God, Lord, help me to impact somebody for you. Help me to impact somebody for you. Because I not only want to live a wholesome, a trustworthy, come on, and understanding relationship, I, I, I want to live it so, I want to live it so where God is impacting the lives of those that are around me. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Can I be real? Can I be real for just a moment? Understand this relationship sometimes. It's going to make you push back your plate. Come on. When that, when that pot roasts, you, you know what's coming up on Thursday, and that's pot roast Thursday, but it, it'll make you push back your plate. And come on. Your relationship with God ought to be so much so that everything that's in addition to you, everything that you're afraid of doing, every, you see the needs in your community, but somehow or another, we, we, we are afraid to respond. We allow the perception, we allow the negativity that's being set up in our community to shut us down when we got an all-powerful God. We have an all-powerful God that God desires to use us at any time, but we allow ourselves to be shut down. I, that can't happen in a loving, exchanging relationship with God. It can't happen because I have got to understand that I can allow the power and the presence of the Spirit of God in my life to exhibit this relationship to a world that is around us that don't know Him. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm talking to every last one of us. You, listen, we don't realize how anointed we are. Oh, my good Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes, Father. Let us see, Father, your hand that's upon us for good. Let us see, Father, your hands that's upon us, Father, for mighty acts, God. Oh, yes, Lord God. Let us see your hand that's upon us, Lord God. Ha, ah, yes, Lord, in authority, God, that you have placed on our lives. Because it's about relationships. It's about relationships. Can, can, can you allow yourself to be used by God? Can you do it? Can you allow yourself to conquer fear and everything that's, that's a structure or hindrance to you and not being used by God? Come on now. Come on, somebody. Help me pray right now. Help me pray the prayer that's necessary. Right now, pray the prayer that's necessary. Pray the prayer that's necessary. Not the one that's convenient. Lord, thank you for my brother. Thank you for No, pray the prayer that is necessary. God, my neighbor has cancer. I, hasn't, I haven't went over there one day and prayed for her. Oh, yes, Lord God. My neighbor just lost his home, God. I have not invited him to my house, not one time for a meal, just a fellowship and encouraging. Come on, somebody. God, my neighbor was in a car accident. I haven't gone over one time and offered him a ride to the grocery store. Pray that prayer that's necessary because there are relationships that we have with God that should equate and express out to our community and those that are around us because it's about relationships. It's about relationships. I want to invite you to the altar now, just to pray. Pray the prayer that's necessary. Come on, somebody. Pray the prayer that's necessary. Come on. We, we, we shout around this house. Come on. We, we, we express our love to God. Come on. Come on. Pray the prayer that's necessary. When was the last time somebody came with us? When was the last time we had that impact on somebody's life? When was the last time that we reached out to somebody? When was that last time? Here, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message to understand relationships. This is a message to understand the power that God has placed in our lives. That's what this message is about. It's about understanding where God has called us. You are anointed. You are anointed and ready to be used by God. 
<laughs> oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. His power is so evident in your life. It is so real in your life. God, open our eyes, God. Let us see the power, Lord, that you have placed within us. Because it's all about relationships. Help me to see, Lord God, what you have created in me. Help me to see what you have created in me to do for your glory. For your glory. Come on. No matter what season we are in our lives, the Bible says that we shall bring forth fruit. Come on. In our old season. In our new season. In our due season. There's not a time. There's not a time. There's not a time where our lives should not should not reflect relationships. There's not a time. There's not a time you're anointed. You're anointed, my brother. You're anointed, my sister. You're anointed. That means that God has strengthened you and empowered you for his will, for his glory. You are anointed. You are anointed. That's how much favor lives in you. That's how much favor lives in you. Sister Andrea, you are anointed. You are anointed. God has already laid it up on your heart, sis. You already see the impact and the desire. Somebody lay hands on Sister Andrea. In the name of Jesus, God has called you. God has called you. Come on. Show forth love. Lay hands on her. Let's encourage her. Pray for her. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are called, my sister, and you are anointed. You are called, my sister, and you are anointed. Your family members, those neighbors, those community, those friends of yours, you are called to them and you are anointed. You are called to them and you are anointed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The strength of God is upon us right now in the name of Jesus. Your classmates, your school, come on, your playground friends, you are anointed to win them. You are anointed to have a difference. You are anointed to make a difference. You have an impact. Pray the prayers that are necessary, not the ones that are convenient. Pray the prayers that are necessary, not the ones that are convenient. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, God has called you, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you are chosen by God, Cincinnati. Come on. Right now, every bar stool attender, you're called out from the bar. Come on. Every attic right now, you're called out from that addiction. Cincinnati, you are called by God. You are called by God. Family members, brothers and sisters, you are called by God. You are called by God. God saved me to reach out and love you to be an expression of the relationship that I have with him. God saved me to love you to be an expression of the relationship that I have with him. You are called by God. Come on, push past the fear. Push past your doubt. Push past the negativity. Push past it. Come on, push past it. You in the hospital. Come on, you nurses and doctors. Come on, you operating room technicians. You sterilization technicians. Let me tell you something. That hospital ought to fear you. That hospital ought to fear you. Medical insurance and doctors ought to fear you because you have power in your hand. The Lord has anointed you. have power in your hands. Every time you walk in that hospital, God, who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to set free? Who do you want me to deliver? You have power in your hands. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's about relationships. Now, I want you to pause for just a second. Continue to pray just softly, but I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. Going to Philippians chapter 4. Book of Philippians chapter 4. I've always said this, and I believe this about myself, and, and, and maybe you can identify with this. If you cannot, just hang on. You will. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and this is my statement to you right now. Have always got empowered, encouraged, when we had these kind of messages, kind of impact. And, and Brother Jordan, I've always wanted to get out there and make a difference. But I've, I've heard it. I felt the conviction of it. But somehow or another, at times, I did not know. I did not possess the how-tos. I did not possess the how-tos. So I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. There's some people that probably can be in the kingdom of God today. Kingdom of God today. But in all the zeal, all the conviction from preachers and evangelists that I felt, I did not have a lot of the how-tos. I wanted to make a difference in their lives. I, I, I certainly felt that I could win them to the Lord, but I did not have a lot of the how-tos. Right now, right now, 
you feel conviction in your heart because you understand relationships that you have missed, that you could have made a difference for. You feel it in your heart. You feel it in your heart. Am I right about it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, because I feel it too. I feel it too. Well, let me tell you something. February 24th, 25th, and 26th, we're having a home Bible study workshop. We're having a home Bible study workshop right here at the church. And we're going to give you the, the how-tos. We're going to give you the how-tos of witness. We're going to give you the how-tos of choosing the right Bible study. We're going to give you the how-tos of how to teach that Bible study. We're going to give you the how-tos of prayer. We're going to give you the how-tos of understanding. We're going to give you a lot of the how-tos. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Do you hear what I'm telling you? You feel what you feel right now, conviction in your heart. Okay, Brother Cummings, you've been desiring this for a minute. You're not taught. We're giving you right now conviction in your heart. You feel it. This is the work of the Holy Ghost. This is not Fazil. I ain't even got that, man. And never. This is not the work of a man. But this is what the Holy Ghost has allowed to come up on our heart. Okay? And this is what we feel right now because we know we can make a difference. We feel that conviction. February 24th, 25th, and 26th, we're having our home Bible study workshop. It's been a couple years since we had one. It's going to be right downstairs. Right downstairs. Here in a week or so, the uh, ushers outside are going to have more information. We're going to have the time, the locations. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Let me tell you something. We're going to have a time in God. Can I say amen? Can I get an amen? We're going to have a time in God. You're great. You're anointed. You're powerful people of God. I'm telling you right now, we are. We are God's called. We are God's elect. But you know what? We have God's calling, and we have the responsibility that God has given us to make an impact on our city and on our community and on our neighbors. And listen, with all the conviction, February 24th, 25th, and 26th, we're going to give you the how-tos. How many would like to have the how-tos? How many would like to have the how-tos? Come on, come on. Slip your hands in the air. Slip your hands in the air because I'm counting right now. I'm counting right now because we have limited space because there's another church that's going to be participating too. Okay, I'm counting right now. Okay, we have limited space, but we want to give you the how-tos. And listen, when you get the how-tos, we want you to walk with that empowerment. <laughs> Walk with that empowerment because we are going to make a difference here in our city, in our family, in our communities, and on our jobs. Because I got conviction. I know how to pray the prayers that are necessary. But now I'm going to have the how-tos. Lift your hands with me one more time and stand with me as we pray in dismissal. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear God, for allowing us, Lord God, here tonight. Father, to receive a Father the understanding of the importance of relationships. Oh, yes, Lord God, we have, we thank you. We have, Lord God, what you've allowed us to experience and hear and feel in our heart, Father. God, we thank you for the joy, the laughter. We thank you, Father, for just allowing us, Lord God, to be ourselves. But, Father, we thank you now for the conviction we feel, the burden that you've given us, Father, for those that are around us that don't know you. We thank you for that, Father, for allowing us to feel your heartbeat towards our city, Father towards Cincinnati, Father. Your heart beat towards, oh God, that person addicted. Your heart beat, Father, towards that broken home. Your heart beat, Father, towards those that are in prison, Father. Your heart beat towards those, oh God, that are in hospital. Your heart beat, God, to those that are in nursing home, Father. Your heart beat, Father, to those that are in shelters, oh God. Your heart beat towards those that are homeless. You've allowed us to feel your heart beat, Father. And conviction is great upon us. But God, I ask now, Lord God, as we go forth, Lord God, with this workshop, that each of us, Father, would hear, receive, and experience the how-tos, Father, as we walk by faith, as we walk by faith, and not by sight. Lift your hands one more time again and just tell him thank you. Just tell him thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Father. Thank you for what you've allowed me to experience. Thank you for what you're going to do in my life. Thank you. This is what I thank you. Thank you for the people that you're going to allow me to reach for you. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to impact, Father, Cincinnati, the way that you've called me to impact Cincinnati. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are going to make a difference. We're going to love the unlovable, Father. We're going to bear witness, Father, to those that don't even want us around them. Because we're going to walk, Father, in the importance and understanding this relationship that we have with you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, go ahead and give the Lord a hand praise once again. We are dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you. God bless you.